1: Welcome back, everybody, to Across the Romaverse. I know it's been a couple weeks since you've heard from us with the international break, but uh, this is Steve. I'm here with Sean as we record episode 12 immediately after the Roma thumping of Parma today, uh, 3-0. Roma bounced back from the international break in great form to really take it to Parma, a great all-around performance. Uh, you know, Parma not the strongest opposition. They came in with only one win in all season. Um, but Roma continues their undefeated streak on the pitch when you take out that um, appeal that didn't go their way over the break uh, in that Verona result that was taken away from them thanks to the clerical era in the Diora case. But um, Roma came out strong. They came out with the starting 11 that we predicted on the site with Cristante as a center back in the back three. Um, and then we had a couple changes for Jovi, starting in the central midfield position next to Jordan Veratu. Thanks to Pellegrini's absence, Pellegrini was back from COVID, but uh, not match fit to start the match after missing out on a couple weeks of training. And then Borja Mayoral again got the start up front with uh, Edin Dzeko still testing positive this week. Um, there's optimism that he'll be back for the Napoli match next weekend, but Mayoral got the start again. Um, Roma got the result 3-0 uh, with goals from Bih- Mayoral brace from Mikatarian, who's been in fine form we'll talk about him a little bit later so roma struck in the 28th with Myral, assisted by spinazzola in the 32nd from Mikatarian unassisted and then again Mikatarian in the 40th minute assisted this time by rick Karsdorp. so both wing backs getting in on the action today with the assists um so roma controlled 56 percent of the possession they had 20 shot attempts to parma's one parma's only shot attempt was not on target and they had no shots from inside Roma's six-yard box, which speaks to the defensive solidity of Roma again today, which we will get into later more in depth. But um, just 15% of the possession was in Roma's third of the pitch, so Roma really controlled this match from the the onset. Um, not much going on for Parma on offense, and Roma really dominated. The three-nil result could have been even more had Roma taken advantage of a couple chances. Uh, Spinazzola had one hit off the post, uh, the crossbar in the seventy-some odd minute. Uh, a couple of their chances that went wide, but Roma really had a strong performance. Um, Mkhitaryan, again, the star of the show with five goals in his last two appearances, six goals and five assi- assists on the the season in all competitions, uh, five of those goals and four of those assists in the eight league matches. So he's really been the, the uh, strong. Um, stirring the Roma drink so far this season with his contributions all around the pitch, even, you know, tracking back, doing everything that you could possibly ask him to do. So, Sean, what do you take of today's uh, big victory?
0: I was very happy, very happy with the entire team. Even after criticizing Spinozola last week uh, or two weeks ago, I was incredibly happy with his play today. He played very differently. So, yeah, I, I just felt like Roma turned up Palmer didn't, or maybe they turned up in the best shape they could, considering all the, all the problems they've been facing this summer. And uh, it was really a procession from, the, from then on in. It was just about breaking the game open. And once Roma achieved their, you know, eked themselves out into the distance, they've really sort of, both teams played out the, the formality of the second half. But it was just, the result was never in doubt. You know, Roma were never under threat, never under any danger
1: yeah I thought of you when uh Spinazzola dished out that first assist to um uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he made he made a hell of a pass to to spring Meyerall. good finish by Meyerall yeah. too but uh I, I did think of you because I, I i know he's not your favorite player on the team uh um, he's it was a
0: beautiful pass i said so in the game threads at the time i said beautiful beautiful free wall from Spinazzola. you know I, I give him more credit for the goal than I do mayoral um but it was a different game from him today in in my view you know i don't i don't want Give myself any credit, and it's always dangerous to to take just one game as as you know evidenced when you know the season is thirty eight games long. But um he just he played the ball quicker today, less dribbling, more passing, and that that assist was a, an example of it. You know, he didn't he didn't really waste less than a second before making that through ball, and that's that's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm mean, you can't take too much out of one performance, like you said. But early in the match, there was one. Uh, possession where he kind of dribbled into the corner like he does and tried to take on three guys and by that point it's yeah you know you're too hemmed in to even find an outlet pass to even pass back and I was like oh here we go with some of those things that you talk <laughs> about but then there was a play a little bit later before the the big assist where he actually fainted with his right foot and went with his left and I, I thought to myself you know that's all he needs to do is once in a while just go with that left foot to just kind of keep that right back on their toes so that they can't yeah. just focus on that right foot and then He made the assist with the right foot, but it was a great no look where he saw the run from Meyer all he was facing inwards toward the center of the pitch and kind of just slid it with the inside of his foot forward. And it was it was a great pass and another strong performance from a guy who we weren't sure if he would be back at, you know, during the international break, because he did leave the last match early with a a muscle. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) good to see him fit. He also made some comments this week, how he just felt like mentally, I think lighter after the the transfer failed to go through to inter and he's kind of felt like that weight lifted off his shoulders a bit i saw some comments from him so good to see that he's feeling good about himself because uh he he looks to be in great form and uh with the euros coming up in in june you figure he's gonna be super motivated to try to push for that starting left back spot in italy because that seems to be wide open too
0: yeah he's he's a good player you know i i, I often say that i want to make the difference between um call yeah, criticizing someone for the player they are or criticizing someone for the player they are in this team mm-hmm. you know, with within the context of Fonseca's team I felt that the way he plays so far doesn't make sense for this team but that doesn't mean that he's not a good player you know I, I've always recognized he's a good defender a very good defender actually um, good going forward you know he's an all-round player um, uh, and as he said all you really want to see is versatility. I, I don't mind if he's dribbling sometimes, if that's what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, keep the right back on. Keep the right back guessing what he's going to do next time. You know, don't don't just always do the same thing. And more than anything, don't don't slow down play so much. You know, yeah. uh, He 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 did that a little bit at the end, towards the end of the first half, and that's okay. When you when you're three nil ahead and you need a breather, it's fine to pass it to Leonardo and, and just kill time out. Um, but when you're know, when you're at nil nil keep the play going fast and that's what he did today i'm, I'm happy about it
1: yeah and uh, i mean if he continues this form the you know i know they shelled out a lot of money for him it was mostly you know an exchange deal for uh luca yeah. pellegrini but it's turning out to be a pretty good move for them so far if he can keep the form up and he produces this way the rest of the season rather than a, another youngster that needs to really you know get that experience as they already have Calafiori to do that uh,
0: i would i would like to see more Calafiori very soon i, uh, I Aaron, agree I- yeah. I know, I know he hasn't had, Fonseca hasn't had the opportunity to play him so far because of his COVID infection, but he's back in full training for a week now. So if we could see him on Thursday, that'd be great, but uh, it's really up to Fonseca.
1: Yeah, that's my hope. I thought we would maybe see him the low, those last 15 minutes when he made that triple sub at the end. You know, Pellegrini didn't yeah. necessarily have to play. You know, we've, we know Pellegrini's in form, but I guess he wanted to get him a few minutes, but uh, it would have been nice to see some Califiori at the end rather than Bruno Perez or Pellegrini or someone like that. Yeah.
0: I felt, I felt like he did that more to give Karsdorp a back pack on the bat as he was having a, mm-hmm. a good game. Yeah. And he felt maybe he just wanted, you know, uh, Karsdorp to have the, the full 90 under his belt and feel like he's part of the team. So yeah, he forced his hand a little bit there, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, he opened up the, the roundup very nicely there and, We'll probably move on to the key takeaways now from this match. I uh, remember before the, just before we started getting on there, you, you mentioned the you wrote down defensive facility was your number one key takeaway from this match. Um, in in the middle of this game, we saw earlier in the second half, Roger Banyas pulled up with an injury and was uh, forced. To, he was the first guy subbed off. So, with Roma having kept their fifth clean sheet this season so far in all competitions. Can they keep up this good form of keeping the back door shut with all these defensive absences right now? We've got question marks over Chris Smalling with food poisoning. Banias was just taken off today with an injury. We don't have any updates on on how serious it is so far. Kumbula's out so f- uh, right now at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I think Fazio is also out with a, with a COVID-positive test yep. a result. So it's really just Brian Costante left back there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Curisante did his job. He had a couple interceptions early in the match when it was still 0-0 on, on through balls. Um, yep. you know, I think depending on Ibanius's, you know, status, hopefully he's back for next Sunday. Hopefully it was more of a precautionary thing and he was just being extra careful because it looked like he reached yep. for the hamstring a little bit. Hopefully it was tightness and nothing too serious because he yep. is, you know, very important back there for Roma. we've seen this season. We mm-hmm. even saw the way of Fonseca approached this match. He actually flip-flop Mancini and Ibanez to get the speedier Ibanez on the right side True. of defense to True. cover Gervinho because the first glance I was like oh, that's weird Mancini's on the left and I realized you know Gervinho was pushing Roma's right flank um, Parma's left and it, it made perfect sense because you want the speed to combat Gervinho yeah. um, but you know hopefully it's nothing serious because it was very early in the second half just a couple minutes after the break I think you know Thursday whether he's ready or not I think he gets rested regardless um, I mm. think Roma can survive Cluj with hopefully Smalling back from food poisoning. You, you can maybe mix in Tristante if you have to, or Juan Jesus. I'm sure Fonseca can make that work Thursday, but, you know, with Napoli next Sunday, you hope that at the very least, if Ibanez is out that Kambula gets a negative test and they can get, you know, Smalling, Mancini, and Kambula back there, because Napoli will be a whole different can of worms than uh, Cluj with a makeshift back line, so... We'll see how it plays out with the Bonnies in the next couple of days, but Roma's defense—I mean, they've been solid. Like you said, five clean sheets in the league. Um yeah, you know, in they, all competitions, it was. Oh, in all yeah. competitions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the teams they, they've given up goals to in the league—the only team that really hit them hard was Milan, who's top of the table. Uh, yeah. Depending on today's result, they might be second. Um, and then Juve hit them twice, but you know, outside of that, it's been very solid um, for Roma. So,
0: would would you put it down to? just the back line or is it the entire team and and is there is there anyone that you actually is irreplaceable defensively because I, I I'm wondering if um it is hasn't been that ever since the has become a fixture in Roma that Roma have now become once again looking like a top four force you know even though it's it's hard to single him out for me personally over the performances the recent performances of Mancini, Smalling and lot but still it, it just looks like like when I when I really look at the timeline, it looks like ever since he's been in the team, Roma have been raised up a level.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it. It I don't think it's a coincidence because when he started to play a lot in the summer, was when Roma really got on their their streak. They've yeah. I like, I think it's somewhere around twenty matches with the only loss on the pitch is Sevilla, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, somewhere in the the low twenty. So he's been very important. You know, Sevilla he had a tough match in their one loss, which points out that when he's on they're tough to beat. You know, he had that one tough match against a, a, a team with a lot of European experience, you know, and there's some yeah. growing pains, but he has become one of the, the key players for Roma, I'd say, you know, they've survived without Smalling quite a few times this season, as mm-hmm. important as Smalling is. And I'm sure, you know, if you switched out Mancini for a they could survive too. But um, I think a lot of it though does come down to the job Fonseca has done with the team shape. I think he's built a very strong team um, with the players he has, you know, they're not you know, um, in terms of talent, the top team in the league or maybe even the top two or three teams in the league. But mm-hmm. he's doing a lot with what he has. Um, you know, I tweeted out during the match when they went to 3 nothing, how impressed I was with what they were doing without um, Pellegrini, Jecko, and Smalling, who are three of their key players in their starting yeah. 11, like yeah. fixtures in the starting 11 this season. And I, I said that has a lot to do with, I think, the, the job Fonseca has done. You know, he's a guy who... Some people, for some reason, wanted to run him out the door at the beginning of this season. Yeah. I, I don't. I still don't understand why, personally, because <laughs> I've, I've seen nothing but good things for him. I think he's doing a great job. He took over really yeah. a broken squad last season, um, yeah. and he's built it into a, a team that's now threatening for top four. And with the way this league is going in terms of you know Juve transitioning and COVID doing its number on a number of teams. Roma could be in the mix for even more than top four if they keep up the form, depending on how the next you know bunch of games goes. Who knows what could happen this season? I'm not saying they're a Scudetto contender now, but you know the trajectory shows this league could be open this year. And
0: yeah, well, it's it's timely that you that you mentioned Fonseca and and whether he should be questioned or not because we were going to talk about uh, the form of Mayor at the other end of the pitch who opened the scoring today. You know, it's one thing to to keep up your scoring record in this team, but it's another thing to, to actually break open a deadlock for your team at nil-nil. That's, you know, that's an important job to do. So, you know, what I've noticed is that, I mean, in my personal opinion, I, I missed Miral's debut against um, young boys. I, miss yeah, that I, missed match it, completely. I
1: missed it as well.
0: Yeah. But I've seen all his other games so far and I think he's done well in all of them. And you know, I know that you disagree and that's okay, but I, I, I've noticed that I mean even you, know, you wrote a piece last week about uh, how Roma should pursue Ricardo Scamaca and I'm with you because you know you know you know I've said also that you know I've questioned why, why didn't we get him this summer but when you look at it, I mean mayoral I looked at it today after the game and he's he's now off to a better start in his Roma career than Dzeko was when he first started out in 1516 and uh, you know to bring this back around to Fonseca somewhat well, I mean, something's going to give here in terms of the narratives we've been writing on the site. Is is Do we now finally begin to acknowledge that Mayoral could be a good player? Or is it just that Fonseca is just that much better than Rudy Garcia was as a coach at the time?
1: Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, and my piece for Skamaka is not so much to trash Mayoral. I think, you know, mm-hmm. there could eventually be room in the team for both of them because, you know, Jeco is nearing the end. I'm looking at Gamaka okay. as more of like a Jeco replacement in the long term. Okay. But... Yep. You know, I saw some good things from Myerl besides the goal today, besides that beautiful finish he had from a pretty tight angle. He also had that uh, near assist for Vertu when it was 0-0, uh, where he pulled yeah. down and played Vertu in very yeah. nicely.
0: Little love of the top. I yeah.
1: think the difference with Meyer and Dzeko is that Dzeko, especially at this point in his career, is so heavily involved in Roma's buildup all the time, where the balls mm. be played into him a lot more than Meyer because he's more of a hold up striker in many ways, Dzeko, with the big body. He, uh, I don't know if Myerall gets some, as many touches, so he's not as heavily involved as uh, as Dzeko is when they play offensively. But you know, he he's showing some good things the last few games. He's starting to put the ball in the net. So you know, if Roma found themselves another quote unquote steal in Myerall on a two year loan, you know, great job again because if he can turn into a goal scorer as Jecko's you know um, backup or splitting time with Jeco this year to give Jeco a rest, it's, it makes Roma all the more all the better. Yeah.
0: Someone, someone mentioned it in the game for one of our members. Does, does Dzeko finish that chance at nil nil today? Or does, does it take a poacher like Mayoral to, to yeah, do it? New... That, yeah,
1: that's a good question because that's not yeah. the type of goal Dzeko usually scores from angles like yeah. that. They have different type of player. So that might've been a Mayoral type goal compared to yeah. what Dzeko usually puts in. But, you know, I think some of it has to come down to, to Fonseca. I think he's getting the most out of the players he has. Like I said earlier, um, mm-hmm. You know, it's we'll see in the long term if he's better than Garcia, because what did Garcia last about 18 months before things started falling apart? Yeah, two?
0: about about was, that, a yeah. year
1: and a season and a half. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Fonseca looks to be growing stronger in his second season more than Garcia did. So hopefully, you know, for Roma's long term sake, Fonseca is better than Garcia was, at least for Roma.
0: Yeah, that was that's true about the momentum. I remember that Garcia's second season started off with huge expectations mm-hmm. um, that Roma would be in contentment for the title. Um, and then, yeah, the, when Jacko came, that was th- what that was the third season, if I'm not mistaken, on the Garcia. And and still, because we'd signed Jacko, there were expectations that finally Roma would challenge at the top of the season, at top of the table. And by then, it seemed to be going backwards. So yeah, Fonseca started off in the other way where it's been, there've been doubts right mm-hmm. from the very start, but now he seems to have you know, eliminated those doubts one by one. So, yeah. yeah. And
1: I think even from uh, not so much from a Rome, you know, our perspective as Roma fans, but I think from a league wide perspective, listening to different podcasts that cover the league as a whole and looking at different predictions around the, you know, the internet and Roma was not projected to be a top four side by pretty much anybody. Some people had them seventh yeah. or eighth. So those lower expectations, maybe allow Fonseca a little more leeway, where yep. it's not piled on him you know the the ex- expectations in rome are still always going to be heavy um on the manager i think even you know with Roma not performing last season which is yep. where those uh, doubts probably crept in early on but yep. so far so good I, I like what i've seen especially in the since the the restart
0: and it has to be said this this club is continuing its tradition of uh performing better when uh the stadiums are empty yeah.
1: which was <laughs> you know
0: the same the same in the, in the record breaking <laughs> 16, 17 season when the the, uh, the home fans were banned from the stadium. Oh, no, they, yeah. they they agreed to stay away from the stadium and protest the whole season. Um, Roma won a, a new league points record that season, and now they're going something like, you know, unbeaten in 20-odd games now with empty stadiums. So what does that say about – well, we won't answer it today, but just a bit of a rhetorical question about what it says about Roma and their the, – their relationship with their fan base doesn't seem to be the healthiest at, at times
1: yeah yeah we've <laughs> seen we've seen it through the years where Totti and De Rossi have had to do some uh you know calming of the crowd yeah. to say but it's yeah. a little crowd control but <laughs> you know we'll we'll, t- we'll take the wins however they come full stadium empty stadium um yeah. and of course a big part of those wins of late has been Henrik Mkhitaryan's form uh, yep. him, and, him and Pedro have been vital in Roma's buildup all season long, no matter who's playing striker and who's is playing midfield behind them. They've been the two consistents throughout, um, you know, hopefully the, we don't the wear two, them down.
0: Two most prolific players from open mm-hmm. play.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, Mkhitaryan, like we mentioned, six goals in his last three matches, five in the league, one versus Cluj in the Europa League, um, five goals and four assists in the league overall this season. To just eight matches, about 700 minutes on the pitch. So he's, he's really producing a a goal or an assist in less than every 80 minutes or so. So very prolific. Um, Like we've mentioned other times too, he works back. There was a play he broke up uh, defensively that Parma was coming down the wing. So he, he works very hard. So does Pedro. And what do you see from Mkhitaryan? that has been so impressive.
0: I, uh, I mean, I I could go on about the goals and assists, but everyone's going to talk about that this week. Um, that he's already getting all the headlines after his hat trick last game against Genoa, and that will continue this week with his brace. So I, I I'm going to talk about, um, as you just mentioned, how how difficult he made it for Palmer today to even break out their their first line defense. He was you know tracking back. Uh, trying to hem in uh, defenders and and nick the ball off them in the second half. You know, in, in the second half when you're already three 0 up, up, and the guy just doesn't stop running or working for the team. So I, I find his work rate is surreal. I know mm-hmm. he's the youngest of the the trio of Pedro, Jacko, and and him himself. But I mean, he even from last season, even when he was even actually not fully fit last season, he, the numbers that he comes up with. And they're not always successful numbers. I mean, sometimes he, he tries a lot of dribbles and doesn't pull them off in games. But um, the volume of work he puts in is, is like Ibanez at the other end of the field. He, he puts in such high numbers every game that even when the success rate isn't necessarily as high as it could be, you are still forgiven because he's doing so much for, for the team and, and doing so much to put everyone else in, in a better position as well. If he's not finishing them off himself with high-quality initiatives. I mean, he just, he just whipped one in today from... Without even thinking about it, from out, outside the box, beautiful finish. So yeah, I couldn't praise him enough. I think is he he could be on 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 for what play of the season this year if he keeps up this. Yeah, career.
1: at this rate, he will be in contention for definitely first eleven of the season in Serie. A. Um, mm-hmm. I the the hit today on that that first goal that he scored was was such a beautiful finish and uh, mm-hmm. a play where other Roma players were looking for the whistle. Kudos to the referee for letting the play carry on because I think VR got fouled in the buildup. And he just, yeah. hit it. he just hit it, and he struck it lovely. It just dipped under the bar. Uh, Seppi had no chance. But, you know, I've always talked about through the years how much of a steal Jekka was for the price we got him for, but we didn't pay anything for Mkhitaryan. Yeah, free. And free she transfer. And <laughs> I don't understand. I don't watch a lot of the EPL, especially Arsenal, uh, in yeah. recent years. But Arsenal has been a mediocre side by their standards for years now. And to, yeah. to let him go for free, I, I, don't, I don't know what the deal is there. Wow. I, I
0: remember uh, Brendan actually put that that very thought out onto Twitter uh, through the Chiesa official account, and we had we did actually have Roma slash Arsenal fans explaining that Mkhitaryan is field out out wide in the Arsenal side, whereas um, we know that Paulo Fonseca has won over guys like Mickey and Carlos Perez by promising them that they'll they'll shift further towards the middle in this uh, attacking unit. So maybe that's the that's the key to his success is that he, if he feels more involved through the middle lane, then then he's a happy, happy guy. Um, I, I remember his, his second goal today was um, from a, a beautiful pass out wide. So we, you know, we wanted to talk back a little bit more about these contributions from the wings. So we got today um, more variety in Roma's game. Thanks to both Spinazzola and Kasdorp turning up today. Um, as, as I said, before, I, I made the point earlier, but just to unline it, you know, I looked at the, the Fiorentina game where – no, sorry, it wasn't the Fiorentina game because that was um, – yeah, it was a Fiorentina game um, where Spinozola took all the plaudits for opening the scoring there and coming off with a what I would say is a more individual performance, one of his performances that I, I would criticise him for and other people would be happy about. Um, but I looked at that game. He made something like 39 passes – over 90 minutes. And today he comes out with uh, 65 passes, with nearly double the amount of the, of the passes he made at a game. So that, that was really the point I was trying to shed light on earlier is that, you know, if he passes the ball quicker and more often, um, he looks like he, he makes, you know, he, he contributes to the, 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 the variety that we can that we can find in this team. And then we have got Karlsdopp on the other side who um, tied Pedro for the most key passes today. He made three key passes over 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, I'd just ask you what, what are your thoughts, who, who do you, who do you favor as the, the first choice wing backs? Is, is the choice any more clear for Fonseca after today or, or is it still in question?
1: I mean, Sp- Spinazzolo is definitely the guy on the left at this point, you know, unless mm-hmm. Calafiori really comes on at some point this year, there's, there's no way Spinozola is not the first choice on the left when he's fit, uh, especially no. in this form. But I think Karsdorp made a big case for himself today to definitely start next Sunday at Napoli. I think, you know, you, I think we'll see Bruno Perez midweek in the Europa League, but I think Karsdorp probably put in his best Roma performance of his, you know, fairly short Roma career when you take out the injuries and the loans, but yeah. Uh, those three key passes, the assist he put in for Mkhitaryan's sec- second goal was perfectly placed, that, that cross. Four. He had another nice cross a little bit later on that was cleared out, but it was it was another quality cross. That was something we've lacked for so long on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, something that wasn't Florendi's strongest point of his game was his crossing. Um, uh, Karsdorp, though, has shown that he can cross. And one thing Karsdorp did late in the match today, it was fairly late in the second half, where he actually hustled back to... to you know, sprint back and get back defensively with Rome up three, nothing where he didn't just lollygag like we've seen in closer matches. So yeah. hopefully the confidence is building in him because he's a big body and, you know, I'm sure he can defend if he puts his mind to it and he's, you know, gets the proper coaching through the season, he can become a better defender. He's got the, yeah. the tools to do it, I think. And I think part of it with him is the mentality and just toughening up a bit and, you know, being willing to work hard when he has to. And we saw that a little bit today. Mm -hmm. um which can only benefit him and Roma in the long run but um great great performance from him today Roma was still uh, a little bit heavier on the left in terms of their um ball possession today I looked at when they attacked they attacked 34% on the left 27% down the right and 39% down the middle um but it tends to go that way from what we've seen when Spinatol is out wide left they do attack down the left a little bit more a lot of the time Mm. but you know, quality from both of them today. I, I like how you pointed out all the passes to because for a wingback to make 60-plus passes is a, is a fairly high number um, yeah. compared to what we're used to. And I think both of them had very strong performances. So for you, is Karsdorp starting to edge his way ahead of uh, Bruno Perez on the right? or
0: It looks that way, even though I still cannot honestly say what Bruno Perez has done wrong. All, all, yeah. all he's done is get uh, positive tests to COVID that kept him out for a while. But, mm-hmm. I mean, last time I saw Perez on the pitch – uh, before today, was what it was January, and he he did everything right. So I I look at both castles and Paris, and I can't say that there's anything missing from their performances right now. You know they do everything as you said. Um, uh, and two things I saw from Castle today that surprised me. One, he actually won a header um, in the first half where he the ball was coming towards him. And he you know he took it out the air. Um, he, he's always looked like he's afraid of having the ball, but today not so. And in the second half. When um, Perez was ready to come on, it, it could have been for Karlsdorff or Smirazola. I don't think the players would have known at the time. And the long ball was floated out to Karlsdorff, who, if you know, if he wanted to just have a breather and think that the sub was for him, he could have just let it go out of play. But he actually kept it in play and, and looked like he, he wanted to keep going on for 90 minutes. So, yeah, it, it looks like he wants to be a part of this team. And with the passing ability that we know he has and we've seen today, then... Why wouldn't he start? You he know, it brings something that, as you said, we've been missing from the right flank for a long time.
1: Yeah, and and like you pointed out a couple of matches ago, he makes some interesting runs. Uh, I think it was that the one that opened up the Spinazzola goal against Fiorentina. He made that run down the right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also today I noticed him making a couple of diagonal runs in from the right when the ball is in the center of the pitch and some of the when Roma was trying to break down the defense. Yeah. So he does those things. He has those instincts.
0: Yeah, I, I could. If I was being pedantic, I could maybe be criticising for that because I, I don't think that's a part of uh, the team's plan. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. more cast up doing his own thing, but it doesn't seem to affect the play badly. If anything, it, it makes it keeps people guessing, and um, teammates seem to move out wide to cover his position when he does that. So if it's, if it's not hurting the team, then you know it's not a problem.
1: Yeah. And, and next Sunday, it'll be interesting to see whoever gets to start. Uh, if he does go Karsdorp, you're going to have Lorenzo Insigne coming on that left side in all likelihood, yeah. <laughs> which will be, you know, which will be a challenge for either of them defensively because yeah. neither of them is the stoutest defender. Yeah. Um. So that'll be interesting with hopefully, you know, most likely be Mancini helping out on the right side as the the center back of the three, yeah. because we all remember how they lost that match to Napoli during the restart was on, a beautiful insigne curler. I can't. I think it was Fazio who gave the ball away to him pretty easily on a, a poor clearance.
0: I I always disagreed with Brent when he said that at the time. You know, I didn't. I, I think Fazio would just, I, I, if I remember, it, Fazio it rebounded or or like yeah. or he he cleared it and it, like he really
1: had no choice but to clear the ball and it just mm. happened to go to insigne. it happened to go him and and he just you know hammered home yeah. that that lovely curler. So hopefully yeah. whoever starts on the right will not uh be prone to that this time around and they won't, they'll be able to keep Insignia in check, but it'll be a big challenge for whoever Fonseca favors next Sunday. uh, And then the following week against Sassuolo with Boga. So we'll, we'll see what our right backs are made of. I I saw still some calls on Twitter for a new right back this, this winter. And, you know, we'll be Scudetto contenders. Um, But both are showing pretty good signs early on. So, you know, maybe right back isn't as much of a need as we thought it would be going in. We'll see. We'll see how the next few weeks go. The next two, three of our games will really tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think the next two, and we'll talk about looking ahead in a little bit, but those matches will be big for a number of reasons. Um, you know, we had some key absences we mentioned today, Smalling, Pellegrini until he came out with the late sub, Dzeko, oh, Roma was able to cover those. Um, what do you think that says about the team that Fonseca is building and the mentality he's building on this team?
0: I think uh, he's, he's been given... the. Uh, like you know, the, close to the time that he needs to, actually went over this this squad and he's implemented a style of football that's that limits the work for everyone. Uh, you know, as long as everyone pitches in, then you've got a team that works to um, have the numbers advantage in the middle of the pitch, uh, keep the passes short, keep two men in support of the of the man on the ball, and uh, use the two guys out wide as as your your pressure outlets whenever you come under too much pressure. So it's you know, Fonseca's. Football is built to to make it as easy as possible for everyone to to filter into this team, and, and you get evidence of that being true when you get debutants like Tommaso Milanese in the Europa League uh, making an assist on his debut. You know, it's, it's meant to be football that's so easy that anyone can do it. And you know, Juan Jesus came on today and and you know, played a played a good role in this team. So that's that's my take on it. I think that's that's. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of possession football. If I'm being honest with you. But uh, even I have to go out to Fonseca that he's – if you combine his tactics with his actual charisma and man management and his, his ability to get his message across, then you can't – I can't take away anything from, from him. Like, what would you say about it?
1: Yeah, I think he's really building that next man up mentality, which, you know, I don't want to say championship teams, but, but good teams have where somebody can easily slide in and, and cover players who are missing, whether it's through injury or this year, as we've seen with the virus. It's a different Different animal, you know. Usually, we're worried about injuries on Roma this this season. So far, it's been the COVID related um, players missing, um, and then food poisoning with Small, which is kind of a freak thing. But you know, he's building that mentality. And the tweet I mentioned earlier, my my buddy who's a Lazio fan texted me. He goes, "Oh, Fonseca for coach of the year," kind of criticizing me. But I said, you know, from what we've seen from Roma in the past, you know, we've seen them come into matches like this after an international break against a team like Parma. (laughs) You know, Jacko's missing, another key player's missing, and they you know, either barely scrape by with a one nil or they draw nil nil yeah. or even lose the match. So yeah. just the fact that he's instilled that mentality where they're, they're constantly looking to, to just take the game to the opponent, especially a weaker opponent, mm-hmm. is, is kind of a relief because we've seen them so many times in the past uh, seasons just make things so much harder on themselves than it has to be, so much more difficult. Yeah. And we haven't seen that yet this year outside of the first match against Hellas and Hellas is a tough team. Where Roma mm. wasn't really sharp yet, where they drew zero zero to then have, you know, obviously the clerical issue. But yeah. other than that, they've been, you know, they've gone for it against everybody we've seen, whether it's a big opponent like Juve or Milan or the small, weak opponent like a Parma or a Genoa this year, who's kind of floundering along. They've mm. taken it to pretty much everybody, um, you know, and they've I, got to get out. I, of-
0: Early days, they were still, though, because I remember in Fonseca's first season last year, they still had the winter blackout, which is mm-hmm. a, a regular feature yeah. of these latter-day romicides. Rom- so um, I think not only will the next two Serie so A games be be answering big questions, but then you've got to look at end of December, early January to see if, if they start taking it easy or let, let, the, let the hard-body pitchers get to them and rock their form or if they'll still keep it professional throughout the winter as well.
1: Yeah, great point. And I was looking at the schedule, yes, and I believe uh, Atalanta and Juve, uh, not Juve, Inter come up in that span. And then even Lazio is the second to last match day of the the first set of matches. So, you know, that December, January after this November stretch, that'll be crucial because if they turn it off like they do sometimes in the winter, it could turn into another season where they are scraping by to try to get fourth place. Whereas if they can really keep the momentum going and keep the strong mentality then you know it could become something a little more special
0: yeah um
1: so which leads us to our next question is Roma for real um you know and one of the things we were looking at is Pellegrini versus VR versus Diora for that deep line midfield role who should be the favorite at this point you know VR had another strong performance uh six successful dribbles today with Filling in for Pellegrini, who originally was filling in for Diawara with COVID. So, what do you make of that that trio and that competition for that role?
0: It was the first performance from VR this season that I liked. I mean, I, I, I'm a self confessed huge VR fan, uh, maybe more of a Diawara fan if I'm being honest. But, but between those two, that's probably two of my favorite players on the squad. Uh, but I haven't been so impressed with VR this season. Um, I think he may, it's fine. You know, if you have a second season syndrome, sometimes you're more worried about um, building yourself up physically off the pitch. You don't really have so much time to worry about your, your chemistry or, or you know, having a, a top top game. But today, he was really one of the people in charge of keeping the possession within Roma's grasp. You know, whenever if, if if he didn't have a player like him today, who was um, uh, willing to escape. Palma's pressure in that second line, then it could easily go wrong. You could easily get Palmer um counter-attacking a lot more, uh, catching Roma cold on the break. So you need you need those control players, those balancer players like Villar or Dewarra who can who can you know um, dribble the ball in tight spaces on the pressure and, and really escape that pressure and and find the pass more importantly to keep the ball um, keep the op- opponent on the back foot and Roma on the front foot. Um, I thought Villar did that superbly today. But then Diawara came off the bench and he did it as well. So it's it's hard for me to pick a, a favorite between those two. And then Pellegrini has looked majestic this year. I mean, so I, I mean, I, I was the one that actually put this question down, but I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to throw it to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was impressed with VR th- today as well. I, like you said, I think today was his first real strong performance for Roma. I was very impressed with his tight control in a couple of situations where he was under pressure and was able to just kind of twist out of the pressure and control the ball. Yeah. Um, he has that, you know, part of his game that might be a little bit stronger than I think Pellegrini and Dior. He's very good with the tight control. I don't know if it's just the type of player he is. Um, he was impressive today. I think for right now, and I'm a big Pellegrini fan and I'm, I'm happy to see the trajectory that his season's going on so far. And I'm, I think it's a big thing that his COVID absence was so short term where he actually didn't miss a match compared to what Dior went through because he's in such good form that for him to miss, like, a month might have really thrown off what he's worked so hard to, yeah. to do this Which season.
0: Which has happened to him in the last two seasons yes. with injury.
1: Yes, so. with injury. So I'm glad the virus didn't get him like it did with Diwara. Uh, you know, it's a shame Diwara was out for so long. Um, so, you know, he's still building up his his stamina again. I think, you know, Thursday could be a great opportunity for maybe a VR-Diwara combo against Cluj. You know yeah. rest Pellegrini or, a little bit more, and then because I think Pellegrini or, and Vertu have to be the starters against Napoli next Sunday based on form. Okay, so that, and, I mean that, that is an answer to the question. Though. So you favor Pellegrini? Yeah. As, as I, I do I do favor Pellegrini? I'm a big Pellegrini fan. I, I tend yeah. to be a- admittedly biased toward the young Italian players. Being a, also an Italy fan, so I do like to see mm. them perform. But I think we have a great crop of midfielders where Fonseca, when VR and Diawara are also in form and healthy, he can mm. easily rotate any of the four players into that midfield double pivot. Um, is,
0: is, is VR and Dioara in a some too much of a good thing on Thursday? I mean, are they, are they too similar? Both balances? Do they, do they need a player who's willing to push forward ahead of them?
1: Well, I think if, if he starts those two, VR has to take on more of the the forward pushing role, I think, where Dioara okay. sits back and we've seen, you know, I, you've mentioned before that VR kind of started as a tres Cortista role, right out in Spain. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, if he can keep that versatility to his game, it, it allows you to play him and Diawara together. And then, if he plays with like a Vare, too, he can play more of the midfield role he played today and would sit back deeper. Um, mm-hmm. Versatility is important. We've seen Pellegrini has turned into more of a versatile player this year because yeah. last year he was mostly a Drake Quartista type player. This year he's playing yeah. more of that deep lying role Midiano. and he's done it yeah. very well. He's played better defensively. So,
0: Extremely well. I,
1: you know. I think that comes down to Fonseca too. We've talked about Fonseca earlier and the kind of manager he is. He's, I think, man managing a lot of these players very well, um, building mm-hmm. up confidence in a lot of these players. You see Pellegrini's performances this year. You've seen Spinazzola growing. Um, we've talked about Mancini in the past where he's cleaned up his game. He still has no yellow cards in eight matches. Uh, whereas good, last year, great point. Yeah. last year he had 11 yellow cards by the end of the season. You know, yeah. he's an aggressive player, but he's starting to channel that aggression in a good way. Yeah. where it's winning tackles, but not committing silly fouls and giving yeah. away silly free kicks. And I think that's important, too, as he, I think, is now 24 years old. He's coming into his prime years That's, that's a great point. Yeah, um, great point. So, you know, nothing but good things, which brings us to our next point, which is, is there room for, in the first 11, for Zaniolo you put back when he comes back? Obviously, when he comes back, there's going to be, you know, building up the stamina. So he's not going to be a starter right away, even if he comes back fit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, you know, if he's able to come back come late March, early April, and we get him for the last five, six, seven matches, and we're really pushing for something, uh, important, like a top four finish, or even, you know, a top two or three finish, he could be that like secret weapon off the bench. Kind of like we saw last year in the restart where he was explosive in short bursts. And then, you know, more into next year with the starting role. But I think if he comes back healthy and then you have him and Pettis, Filling in for Pedro Mikatarian that that could be another crop of strong players, especially if they do bring in El Shaari like they're talking about in January, uh, on a loan move. So, what do you what do you make of Zaniolo if he comes back healthy enough this season? I mean,
0: I'm I'm not the guy who's in favor of young Italians like you, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, more, <laughs> I'm more more of a critical eye, maybe too much though. But um, I I struggle to see where Zaniolo, even a fully fit Zaniolo, fits into his team. I, I like the fact that we've taken the young players out the front line this year I think the team has benefited from it I, I don't I can't see Zaniolo being that player that um makes the same kind of quick uh, almost blind chemistry passes that that Pedro Mkhitaryan and and, and so, to some extent Dzeko string together in the final third uh Zaniolo when I when I took a look at, it at the end of the last season I realized that I wasn't giving him enough credit he did do a lot of dribbling for his team last year in in important areas and in important games against important teams. Um, A lot of his dribbles actually opened up chances against the Atalanta's of the the league, um, you know, nil-nil. So he, he can be a big difference maker. Um, You know, the difference maker that you guys all talk about him being, but as far as this team, I, I, I don't know. I, I would, I take you know, if as a fully fit Zaniolo over Pedro Miquelarian in this form, I have to say I take Pedro Miquelarian right now. Um, I and that that leads me asking, you know, can can we field Zaniolo at at striker midfield? You know, he's not he's not as good a defender as any of the other midfielders, or or should we say not defender, but like more of a ball winner, mm-hmm. um, and that striker. I mean, maybe that. maybe i would try that as as vice jekyll but even that's not not a starting role so for me i'd have to say no there's no there's no space in my first 11 for him but maybe maybe you feel differently
1: i mean in this moment even if Zaniolo's fit it would be hard to put him in in the starting 11 over pedro Mkhitaryan just because of the way they've played mm. but you know as the season goes on if hypothetically we can get him back to the point mm. where he can play 50 60 minutes there are certain matches i'm sure he could spell those players because, as a, you know, as, a, as,
0: a, as an impact player off the bench, I agree with you. That yeah. To be phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Even that, either that or a rotation player where, you know, every third or fourth game, one of those guys needs a rest against somebody and you yeah. want to give him the run, you know, because he is an impact player for sure. And he, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes, if he comes back healthy, could be one of the faces of the future for Roma. There's no question about that. But I agree with you in the, in the way Roma is playing right now. He's not as good of a fit as the other the other two behind Jekka because the passing's been so good. The movement's been so good. But, you know, it, in a perfect world, think about how nice it would be to have Zaniel as that impact player, even for yeah. 20, 30 minutes a match. He can do things that those two can't do from a physical standpoint. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know. If the, if the, if the team's up
0: like 1-0, it's a tight game and, and you need someone to bring someone different off the bench, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd bring him on for sure.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. It would be a great problem to have. Uh, yes. the, 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 yeah. more, the more strong players and healthy bodies Fonseca has, if Roma can keep up this uh, this streak of games that they've been going on later in the season, if if we're talking about you know Zaniolo's back in March April, like I said, uh, yeah. you know, and he and
0: and can can he score the the, the third goal in a in a three 0 win of Juventus to, to right. seal the league?
1: Oh, well, actually, we play <laughs> Lazio second to last match of the season. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> there you go. The, can you the, the, stage,
0: the stage has been set. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure <Nicolo. laughs> no pressure
1: but uh you know that's that's a bit of a I'll look way into the future uh you yeah. know hopefully everything goes well with Zaniolo because we know the talent that he is and what he means to Roma's future if uh he continues to perform after two knee surgeries the way he has so far yeah but looking ahead in the the more you know the closer future and just the next couple of weeks Roma are currently third in the table technically tied with Milan uh provisionally but Milan has a game in hand they play Napoli later on today um and, you know, depending what, on how what, that- what are we
0: hoping for? Are we hoping for a
1: draw? Are we hoping for a win? Uh, you know, that's a good question because if R- Roma's already drawn Milan, so, you know, maybe we're better off with Milan getting the draw out of it, I would think maybe long-term. I think Napoli is a okay. stronger team long-term. What Do you think Napoli stronger than Milan long-term?
0: I, I'm
1: it's not sure, question. you know.
0: I, I, don't, I don't rate Milan as high as, as most people do, but yeah, it's, a, it's hard to keep – you know, taking credit away from them you with know, yeah. more and more it goes on in the season. So I, I don't know. I, I yeah. think a draw is always a good a, I, you know, a draw between the enemies. Is always, it was always the best result. So, yeah,
1: when uh, when when both teams drop two points, it's big. Yeah, if Napoli pulls out the result, the three of those teams will be tied at second. Yeah, um, uh, at on 17, Sassuolo is currently provisionally Sassuolo first leaders. on 18, and we play Sassuolo <laughs> the week after Napoli. So like you and I have mentioned a couple of times this this episode the next two weeks will tell us a lot about Roma in the league between Napoli and Sassuolo you know either way Roma's a winner today with picking up three points and on one of these teams if not both dropping points can only help them in the long term unfortunately inter um bounced back late in their match and got a win when it looked like they were going to be in trouble but yeah. you know and overall still, still look
0: far from convincing
1: yes far from convincing, far from convincing. um yeah you know, they, they scare me a little less than I thought they would have coming into the season. Same with Atalanta, They haven't really performed up to what we've expected from them. So hopefully they both stay in poor form uh, a little bit later into the season because we don't play them for a a month or so. Um, But Roma with the the trip to Romania on Thursday to play Cluj, who they hammered last uh, match, I think it was five nil, right? Five nil the last Europa League match. Yes. Pretty sure. Um, And if Roma went on Thursday, they qualify for the round of 32 um yeah. in would, terms they would of... go of
0: 10 and clues would be stuck in four and having won both games we we'd win the tiebreaker against them so yeah qualifications on the line and uh, you're you're the lineup man steve on case so i'm gonna ask you this is your expertise will, will there be any surprises in in the lineup this
1: thursday um i think it, it depends a lot on the covid diagnosis i don't know if kambula comes back and if he's fit enough to start players like that I would expect to see a lot of rotation. Like we've seen, especially with Napoli Sunday, I don't think he's going to risk too many of those big names. Maybe if he yeah. has to start Mkhitaryan with Perez or Pedro Perez, then maybe the, the one that starts splits it with the one that's rested, yeah. um, depending on who's available. I think things like that, like I mentioned earlier, maybe we see a vr Diora combo in the midfield. You know, I think any of these players, if we play it right, are good enough to beat Cluj or at least go to Cluj and get a draw and, you know, keep the lead in the, in the group. You know, when we went going into this group earlier in the, the season, we mentioned that this should be a pretty, you know, elementary task for Roma. They should easily get out of this group and should win yeah. the group. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully they just make it as easy as possible. Themselves win, win this week, pretty much clinch that round of 32 spot. And then the last two matches, they can, again, just have your rotation, keep fresh legs for the Setia matches, because the, the biggest thing is balancing that Europa League with Setia and getting the, the players Fit enough to perform and yeah and keeping them fresh enough because like we saw with Lazio last season you know they crashed out of the Europa League um, probably intentionally in some ways I think in my opinion because they knew they didn't have mm. the squad depth and then you saw yeah. when they had to play twice a week with the restart they fell apart and I think Rome is deeper than that Lazio team was last year in terms of the bench yeah. um, and the Europa League is is very manageable then if you get into the later rounds and you play an Arsenal or uh, one of those bigger teams from somewhere else in Europe, a Villarreal, someone like that, then you can field some of your better players. But I think if Roma can get by with a lot of quote unquote, second team players uh, in these matches, it, it, it only benefits them in the league. And they've been able to do that so far with the group they were drawn into. And I, I think we'll continue to see that. I think we'll see Paul Lopez on, on Thursday. I think we'll see, you know, if smallings fit, I think he plays because he got today off. I think, you know, he has to start yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, But I think you might see Juan Jesus again in defense. I think you'll see a lot of rotation. I think that's the the right thing for Fonseca to do. The only disappointment I had today was we didn't see any of those Primavera players get a debut in terms of lineups.
0: That's what I was going to ask you as as an impromptu question. It's hard hard to disagree with anything you said so far about, you know, prioritize Serie A and keep rotating your upper league. But um, we've seen seen a bunch of contract extensions for the Primavera players this last week. But one of them who wasn't on that list is Tommaso Milanese. And the, the the report from, I believe it was the Gazeta de la Sport this week, is that his extension is taking longer because his agent is actually asking for the club now to break the weight ceiling that um, De Sanctis and Petraki put in last season for the Primavera. Um, and that would obviously be after Milanese made a senior appearance with, with the team. So, um, you know, people, I've seen comments on, on the site about people pushing for Primavera players to get their big chance yeah, with the senior team, but uh, is it always a good idea? I mean, you know, does, does doesn't it sometimes complicate matters? Isn't that when you know a player gets one good appearance with the first team and then maybe doesn't play for the rest of the season and is, is asking for a contract that? effectively makes them too expensive to, to then get loaned out to the city B team later on. And, and that could be the end of their career. You know? I, I, that,
1: that's a good point. That's uh, something yeah. I didn't really consider because um, mm. I didn't really keep up with the Milanese contract. I saw they were give they gave out the four extensions this week to Providence and a couple of the other guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's a good point too. I mean, maybe Fonseca is looking at it. We have a thin bench this week. We bring these guys up, get them the match day experience of just warming up with the team being on the bench and, mm. you know, move on. Um. It's great point. I hope Calafiori starts on on Thursday because yeah. you know he's already a senior senior side player. Yeah, there's room for
0: him to be a squad player. Yeah, for sure.
1: yeah. Um, but I, good point on the other ones, um, being that because uh,
0: I'm I'm thinking more of Alessio Riccardi in the background. I mean, yeah, he's he's he hasn't really played for Pescara this season. I know he's he's had injury troubles the last two two weeks, but he's had like I think three appearances off the bench in in some like eight or nine ten games, and uh, you know you've got to. If pescara uh, can afford to keep him on the bench, then you gotta you gotta think that Roma are paying his salary because he's, he's getting paid eight hundred thousand a year. Yeah. And that would make him a pescara key player if they were paying that salary. Yeah, and would be. C-
1: C- a- yeah. eight hundred grand is pretty hefty in would A B. Yeah. So we, we 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 had
0: high hopes for Riccardi for two or mm-hmm. three seasons now, and now it seems like he's lost in the wilderness. You know, I don't I don't want the same thing to happen to Milanese or any other guys just because they make one appearance with, with the with a senior team like Riccardi did two two years ago. And then, you know, two years later, you're talking about a guy that's his career sunk by money, really, yeah. than anything else.
1: Well, I, I mean, that brings us back to my piece this week about Scamaca. The reason he left Roma in the first place to PSV was money and playing time yeah. with the first team didn't work out over there. And he's back in Italy and he's performing well. So that's, you know, we don't want the same things to happen where we have to let players go because of money reasons. Mm. Um, you know, I know Luca Pellegrini had a pretty hefty contract for a, a guy who was pretty much a primavera yeah. player and yep. that that's what that turned out to be so we'll see but that's a good point you make with the the contracts with those younger players hmm. um so we'll see we'll see who i don't think any of them start on thursday maybe a couple come up you know get brought along yeah, at, for the trip at best,
0: yeah at best off the bench pretty,
1: yeah yeah um and then after Cluj, we have our next two Serie A matches like we've mentioned uh which are both top of the table clashes at this point away to Napoli, home to Sassuolo. Um, if they can get the right results in, in those matches, what do you think the odds are of Roma topping the table by Christmas?
0: I mean, if we, if we end both those matches and yeah, why not? Um, I haven't looked at what what other teams are facing in terms of their fixtures, but we've gotten we've got out the way, we've gotten Milan out the way, mm-hmm. we've gotten. I mean, like you said, there's, there's only Inter and Lazio right at the very very. That's after Christmas, right? Those two?
1: I'm looking right now. I see Bologna. Oh, Atalanta is the December 20th. So that's right before okay. Christmas.
0: Okay. So that's that's the one major hurdle left, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So, after yeah. Sasswell, that would be the big one.
0: Yeah. So we've gone undefeated going through these big teams so far. Yeah. So uh, you know, if, we, if we win the next two, I think having a, a good Christmas looks, looks very likely. But again, then you've got to think about do we get drunk on Christmas Eve and, and start screwing up January? You know that
1: happens too often. <laughs> yeah, especially with Inter on uh, January 10th, Lazio January 17th. So we'll yeah. see. But yeah. um, Sassuolo, I know I looked into their schedule. They have a tough stretch. Besides playing us in two weeks, they play I think Milan next. No, Inter next week, and then Milan a couple weeks after us. Okay. So that'll be telling about how good they are. Yeah. Maybe some of those teams take take points off each other, like we've seen uh, yeah. last week when or two weeks ago when Roma benefited from a couple top of the table draws. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But can't be anything but pleased with what Fonsec and Roma have done so far. The Absolutely. only loss was not on the pitch, like we've mentioned many times. It's, yep. you know, a clerical thing. And, you know, go figure. Hellas hired uh, Longo, who was the one that made that, <laughs> that error. I don't know how that didn't win us the appeal in court. It was just with that argument. But, you know, uh, everything on said the pitch that, has Long- been good.
0: I, w- I would say, though, uh, Longo is a born and bred Roman. So it's it's unlikely that he would i mean let's unless, let's unless yeah, like, I don't think self-hatred. I don't think he
1: threw it or anything, yeah. but it's just funny how it works out.
0: yeah, yeah, oh wow, well. it's it, water under the bridge now has to be yeah I, mean, I, know, I know we have an appeal on the line, but I mean we have to continue with the season assuming that this is mm-hmm. where we are.
1: yeah, we yeah. have to assume it's a loss, if not, it's one point, hopefully one point doesn't hurt us in the long run for yeah. you know top four or any other objective that comes it's, up. It's keeping it, keeping ourselves at the top of the table right now. <laughs> yeah 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 we'd be we'd be level with sassuolo right now if it yep. wasn't for that yep. but uh oh, all it. good things in Romaverse so far so you know we're, we'll keep an eye on that top of the table clash with napoli and milan later on uh we'll be back later in the week later in the week i'll actually have a preview of the napoli match with joe fischetti who runs a napoli podcast similar to what i did with milan and then you know keep up with the, our work throughout the week with the Cluj match coming up the napoli match next weekend sean any final thoughts for the listeners
0: um, it's hard to say anything cause I'm just, I'm happy with everything right now. So yeah, I, I don't have anything to say. Yeah, It's you. a good Sunday, right? <laughs> Enjoy yeah. the
1: rest of the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, And in the States we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving this week. And one thing I'm certainly thankful oh, yes. for is, uh, the start of Roma's campaign and how well it's gone so far. Very, you know, pleasant surprise in some ways. And with, uh, how crazy life has been with COVID and everything, it's, uh, it's something to, you know, look forward to every week right now instead of, yeah. you know, being like, oh, God, what's Roma going to do this week? It's kind of, you know, you can get excited a little bit.
0: Yeah, I probably won't get to speak with you um, on video or audio before then. So happy Thanksgiving in advance and happy Thanksgiving to all the CDT
1: listeners as well. Thanks. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys later in the week. Thanks for listening.